This podcast is presented by All Copy Products, proud partner of the Arizona Cardinals. Learn more at allcopyproducts.com. To the 15, to the 10, Murray's going to score, touchdown! Welcome to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. Slammed to the ground by Buda Baker. Like a torpedo, he came flying into the backfield. Connor to the 10, to the 5, and into the end zone for the touchdown! The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by Arizona Cardinals Podcast. Visit azcardinals.com slash podcast. Here we go. One-handed catch and a touchdown. Oh, baby. How's that feel? Here's Craig Grealou, three-time pro bowler Kyle Vandenbosch, and 13-year NFL veteran Drew Stanton. A much-needed win, a much-needed division win. It's been a little while, gentlemen, since we've had a win to discuss here on a Tuesday. The Cardinals beating the Rams on Sunday 27-17. to It just it just feels different, right, Drew, after a win versus, well, previous weeks? <laughs> it feels completely different, and it feels really good. You know, that's the thing, though. The, the, when they were rolling last year, it was that 1-0 mentality because each week is so different in this league of what it takes to win. The game plan's different. The opponent's different. Everything is different. And you're now leading into this next week. You're leaving the country. That's going to be different. It's still a divisional game. It's still very important. But you look back and you can build off the things you did correctly. But it's a lot easier to correct those mistakes coming away with a win. Last week was the most important game of the season, Kyle. This week now becomes the most important game of the season. That's where this team is at. When you are 4-6 and six and have dug yourself such a large hole, they, yeah, each win is important, but there is no tomorrow if you don't win. That's that's how close this team is right now in 2022. No, you're absolutely right. Um, yeah, and, and I love that the mentality has shifted. You know, We're not talking about worrying about a late-season collapse. We're not talking about anything except for what do we have to do to get the win this week. And and you know, to Drew's point, um, that's how football should be played, regardless if it's the first game, the third game, um, or here we are mid-season, still with an opportunity with everything in front of us. But we've got to continue to um, play efficient type football and execute on Sundays. And and when it when you can, it looks like it did on this past Sunday. And um, you know, a, a win. And Drew could tell you this: it does so much for the morale of the locker room. I mean, it's not just. Your preparation seems better. Um, you're just happier throughout the week. Your bumps and bruises don't hurt quite as much. Um, everything is a little bit better coming off of a win and going into another big matchup the next week. And getting a win over the Rams, only the second since Sean McVay took over as head coach. That's spanning several seasons. But you look back at what happened on Sunday at SoFi Stadium. Offense good, defense good, special teams good. That complimentary football, even though you had a backup quarterback, four backups on the offensive line, your fourth different kicker, that the head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, liked what he saw from his team. There were a bunch of uh, starting players, a bunch of guys down, and um, I thought our team prepared well all week, didn't make excuses, didn't blink, and executed at a high level. Colt brought a lot of energy. A guy knows, you know, at his age, you only have so many more opportunities to show what type of player you're going to be, and he, he took it and ran this week. His leadership, getting there early, staying late, the whole team felt it, and I think they fed off that today. As the backup quarterback, Drew, you always have to prepare as if you're the starter, whether that's game day and you get that tap on the shoulder or in this case perhaps a couple of days ahead in which you know that the starter is not going to play Kyler Murray dealing with a hamstring injury and all of a sudden the keys are handed to you in a very pivotal game 
this season. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like a cliche until it isn't, right? Everybody wants to be the backup until you have to go out there and perform. And if you don't perform well, if you perform like John Wolford, they're sitting there scratching their head saying, this guy's not the answer moving forward. But somebody like Colt McCoy that's been in this league for a decade that has the preparation. And and again, staying late and arriving early is not just going to change because of this week. That's who he is. That's ingrained in the process of who he is. So when he steps foot on that field, when he gets that tap on the shoulder pregame, and says he can't go. When he gets that tap on the shoulder and says, hey, Kyler might be out this week, he doesn't blink. He doesn't change. The preparation doesn't change. All eyes in the locker room go to him, and the consistency that he has, the approach he has, uh, brings a calmness to that locker room. Probably much different than that locker room for the Los Angeles Rams of saying, wait, Matthew Stafford's in concussion protocol? Like what? What's going on? John Wolford, no disrespect to him, but you saw two different teams. You saw a team that was confident that could go out there, stay on schedule, do all these things. You saw a, co- a quarterback comfortable working within the confines of an offense. And then on the flip side, you saw a quarterback for the Los Angeles Rams who looks unsettled, who looked indecisive, that threw the ball you know, in harm's way, that looked inaccurate and looked like he was playing backyard football, that he wasn't prepared. And that is the difference between surviving this league as a backup at any position, more so magnified at the quarterback position. But somebody like Colt McCoy, anybody that knows Colt, that understands his career, the path that he's been on, is not surprised at all, especially these Cardinals fans. We saw it last year. 2-1 and one last year, now 3-1 and one in two seasons. But that's the difference here, Kyle, because Colt McCoy's been in this league. This is year 13, so he's very well aware of any situation that's put in front of him, even if it is coming in at a moment's notice. Yeah, and I mean, the impressive thing was, I mean, right from the start, it looked like he had had the keys to this offense the entire season. Um, You know, if you didn't know any better, you would think that this is an NFL starting quarterback. I mean, he came out there, um, you know, was decisive, did a fantastic job with his pre-snap reads, had a good idea where he was going to go with the ball before the snap, got rid of it quickly. Um, You know, did all the things you have to do when – Everything is unsettled around him. I mean, again, with backups on this offensive line who should get a lot of credit for the game they had, um, for the job they did against Aaron Donald, for the job they did protecting Colt McCoy. But, um, you know, the offense came out, and it just looked and felt a little different. I mean, and the credit goes to Colt McCoy for his preparation, for his study, for his anticipation about what coverages he was going to get. And, you know, to come out and throw the ball 11 straight times, um, I don't think anybody expected that. But it was a tremendous job by him, a great game plan, and great job executing by him, the offensive line, and the receivers. Well, let's hear from the man, Colt McCoy, on what he was and the entire team having to do overcoming all those injuries to the offensive line. I mean, we were down all over the place. Uh, Offensive line was banged up. Zach got hurt the first drive. But the defense played outstanding. We executed. We made plays on fourth down when we needed to. I'm telling you, I'm just proud to be on this team. Uh, We're better than our record, and we just have to dig deep and and find ways to, to turn this thing around. You heard Colt there mention Zach, referring to tight end Zach Ertz. Nothing official from the Arizona Cardinals, though there are reports out there, Drew, that Zach Ertz is done for the season with a knee injury. He was on the field briefly on Sunday, the first target, first catch, and then he goes down and immediately grabs that left knee. You hope for the best, but it doesn't sound like we're going to see Ertz 
the rest of this season. Yeah, I mean, even if he's able to come back, it's going to be a while. When you see what transpired and the way that it happened, uh, there's not much reason for optimism. Uh, but now somebody's got to step up, and that's why you have a second-round pick in Trey McBride that has the capability of doing it. You have somebody like Steve Hyden that can do it. You can also do it by committee, who they plug and play in there. Uh, that's an a integral piece for this offense because that helps control the middle of the field. Uh, it's also been nice to see... Uh, everything transpire for Rondell Moore to be able to get more involved, do all of these things. But again, that, that security blanket of somebody like Zach Ertz is really hard to replace, uh, but those reps are going to have to be filled by somebody. McBride, one catch for seven yards, saw Steven Anderson get a target as well as Colt McCoy did a very good job of spreading that ball around. He was 26 of 37 for 238 yards and a touchdown. 70% he completed his pass attempts. The head coach, Cliff Kingsbury, on what he saw out of Colt McCoy. I think the biggest deal, first half, like I told you at halftime, 38 snaps, only one negative play. We had some penalties to start the second half, a sack that, that we can't take, but that's how we got to play. We got to play downhill, be efficient, get the ball out, get it to our playmakers and not take the negative plays. And I thought he did a good job keeping us on schedule and um, was really accurate in the passing game. This team on Sunday, Kyle, was able to play, as Kingsbury likes to say, on schedule, ahead of the sticks. There was only one offensive penalty in the first half. That's what Coach was referencing, Josh Jones' false start on the opening drive. That was the only negative play of the first half. In fact, there was only one play run outside of the two sacks that lost yards. James Conner minus one in the fourth quarter. Other than that, things, yes, looked much different, but this team was able to keep moving forward as opposed to going backwards yeah on schedule and with a lead I mean this team trailed for six minutes they matched the field goal and the game felt like it was over at that point Um, and again um, you know really the whole team looked more prepared for this game than they had in any of the previous games Um, particularly on offense like you talked about they didn't do things to put them in third and long situations um, made it third and manageable and even uh, you know we talked so much about uh, the confidence of Colt McCoy, but to put the ball in his hands and go for it on four or on three fourth downs, um, and, and just let him go. And, and quite honestly, I mean, we I talked me and I talked about this post game, but that sequence with nine nineteen left in the game, um, they've got third and seventeen, and they get a, he completes a fourteen yard pass to Rondell Moore to get in, in fourth and three, and it's pretty much at midfield with only a touchdown lead, and they go for it and take a deep shot to Rondell Moore. That shows tremendous confidence in Colt McCoy, the offensive line, and Rondell Moore. And um, it just shows what they believe they have in a player like Colt McCoy as a backup coming in and the confidence they have in his ability and his accuracy and 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 the trust that they have in him. Two plays later, James Conner, nine-yard touchdown run to extend the lead to 14. Now full disclosure, Drew, at the time, Kyle and I watching that game, I like when Cliff goes forward on fourth down. I did not like the deep shot, though, especially because of the high risk at that point on the field, score, and then, of course, it was a tremendous throw and an even better catch in the, near the sideline. Yeah, well, I think that's also the game within the game. If you think back early on, all right, and uh, they take a deep shot, Rondell Moore, they miss it. He gets squeezed to the sideline. I wouldn't be surprised if Colt went over and said, hey, I'm going to come back to you again. Give me more space. 
He was, I, I, I know that we've talked about that as well on fourth down, taking the deep shot. Those are calculated risks. That was a calculated risk by Colt McCoy, but he also knew he had a favorable matchup. He did a tremendous job of holding the safety, and Rondell Moore gave him so much. I mean, it was three or four yards from the sideline. For an NFL quarterback to have that amount of room to throw it into the quote-unquote bucket, it's a high percentage throw. Rondell made a, a tremendous catch, but that's a high percentage throw on fourth down. Those opportunities don't come. And Colt did such a good job of taking completions early on, taking completions across the board to so many different wide receivers. And when the opportunity presented itself, much like on A.J. Green's touchdown or that fourth down conversion, that is a high percentage throw in the NFL when the opportunity is right and it's conducive to do so. You don't just throw it up for the sake of throwing it up. It's not a 50-50 ball when you feel good about the matchup because that's what's taking you there through preparation, through adapting throughout the course of it, right? We saw these completions early on because they were playing a soft zone. All of a sudden, as soon as you get those completions, you bring them up. Once you bring them up, you try to go deep. So there's that cat and mouse game that was played back and forth. And when the game was on the line, Colt felt good enough to say, hey, Rondell's going to win this one-on-one matchup. And they did it. And that's the difference between winning and losing in the league. This is that small of a margin of error because we've seen it on the flip side when it doesn't work out. Everybody's saying, what is he doing throwing the ball up? It's not like he's just throwing the ball up a Hail Mary style. There is a reason behind it. It's not a scramble or a broken play. He knows exactly where he's going. He is taking a calculated risk, and it paid off. Wonderful one-handed grab by Rondell Moore there. And then we also saw the defense step up with two takeaways. The offense converting those turnovers into 10 points, and that's the margin of victory for the Cardinals, 27-17. to And as we discussed, Cardinals end a two-game losing streak. They had lost four of five overall, so coming in on a Monday, yeah, much better. Antonio Hamilton and Kelvin Beecham on what I first heard, Vitamin W. Vitamin W is always good, you know. It makes it easier to go to work. It makes it easier to deal with the nicks, snacks, and bruises and pains. You know, it makes it easier to go to work. And so we needed that. Vitamin W. What's vitamin W? It's a win. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to put myself in Calvin Beecham's shoes there, Kyle, because I, when Antonio mentioned vitamin W, I was like, vitamin W? I've never heard that after a win coming in on a Monday. Yeah, I love it. I love it. It is. It's it's like you get a boost to your system and and everybody just does feel better. You got a little bit more of a spring in your step throughout practice, throughout your preparation for the next week when you get that payoff for all the hard work you put in, for all the film study, for how hard you practice. Um it feels so satisfying to walk off the field winners. And, um, you know, throughout the season, we talked about it. It's not just the losses that the Cardinals have had. Sometimes it's the way they lose that is discouraging. And this one, you know, any win feels great. Sometimes an ugly win feels fantastic. But it's not just the W. It's the way they won. And that is what's encouraging going forward because um, they seem to put a lot of the mistakes, a lot of the things that had been killing them in the rearview mirror. And if they can continue continue that and prepare the same way and come in and execute the same way they did this past week, they're going to have an opportunity to win games down the road. Also need to mention kicker Tristan Viscano, who was signed on Saturday, joined the team, actually Ubered from Irvine, California to the team hotel, according to Senior VP of Media Relations Mark Dalton on Saturday night. And really the first time with that whole process of snap, hold and kick was pregame on Sunday. At SoFi Stadium, Cardinals get the W 
27-17 as we continue breaking down that game here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seat your ticket to great seats. Cardinals looking to make it two in a row now this week. Another division opponent in the San Francisco 49ers in a game on Monday Night Football in Mexico City. Much more on that matchup as we continue here on this Tuesday. But when we come back, the offense, yes, Colt McCoy the star, but he had help. We'll get into the details next here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Fourth and three on the 41 of the Rams. Three receivers right. Shotgun snap. McCoy drops back to throw a deep ball left side and a one-handed catch by Rondale Moore. Inside the 20 at the 15. He's out of bounds there. What a dime by Cole McCoy. Incredible grab by Rondale Moore. Oh my goodness, Colt McCoy just dropped a pee into a thimble. McCoy under center takes, give to Connor, off the left side, trying to get the edge, stiff arming at the 10, the 5, dies for the end zone, he's in, it's a touchdown for Connor, his second of the day. The offense has come alive under Colt McCoy here in L.A., and they lead it 23-10. to Give the ball to an angry man (laughs) with an angry run. James Conner, a season-high 21 carries for a season-best 69 rushing yards and two touchdowns. That one, a nine-yard run. We talked about that throw and catch. Colt McCoy to Rondell Moore on fourth and three at the Rams' 41-yard line. That probably the play of the game. You can point to many plays, but that sequence you put the Cardinals in front 24 to 10 with 741 to go and they win beat the Rams 27 to 17 as we continue here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Seat your ticket to great seats Craig Riolu, Drew Stanton and Kyle Vandenbosch as we look at not just Colt McCoy Drew but the playmakers specifically Rondell Moore who has come alive in recent weeks his nine catches 94 yards season highs 13 targets so you could see that I don't know how much Colt gets an opportunity to throw to a Rondell Moore or DeAndre Hopkins, but that chemistry between quarterback and wide receivers was instant. Yeah, well, I think it's a comfort level within the offense, right? Now that he's been here for a while, he understands what's going on. And under the understanding the framework of what the defense is trying to do to him, I think you know we touched on it at the last segment. When you're a veteran quarterback, you understand the flow of the game, you understand your role, you understand all the things that it's going to take to win. And depending on what they're doing with DeAndre, right? He was taking easy completions, DeAndre. Then all of a sudden, you start getting different coverages, you get different opportunities, and if you know Jalen Ramsey is going to be on DeAndre Hopkins man to man, who are they going to put on Rondell Moore? And we saw that time and time again to be able to get the ball in Rondell Moore's hands on the move I've talked about on the show before it's imperative because he makes everything just go that much faster when he's got to catch it stationary and then get going and get up to speed guys are going to rally to that but if you get the ball in his hands and give him space or doing all these things on the move he is a dynamic playmaker there's a reason why he was a second round pick because he has that kind of playmaking ability he's found a role within this offense he is the difference maker of between last year and this year of why everybody feels good and when you get Hollywood Brown back on this field too it's going to be even more dynamic because of what they bring to the table it's going to put defenses in a bind because now you're doing that on top of okay you're also seeing AJ Green show up in the stat column in areas that you would expect him to in the red zone again if you put a third corner or a fourth guy on AJ Green 
he is going to be a premium within the framework of that offense, and Colt did a good job of getting the ball in his hands. So even though we lose Zach Ertz, I, I think that getting Hollywood Brown back very soon will be a huge, huge boost in what this offense is already trending in the right direction for. There's a possibility that Hollywood be able to return before the bye week. That's according to Cliff Kingsbury. If not before the bye week, then after the bye week. But you talk about A.J. Green, and again, Kyle, it was just two catches, but huge catches. One on fourth down, one for a touchdown. Someone that the year or the week previous was only on the field for one offensive snap, and we've seen him not play this season. And it's got to be difficult for someone who was wide receiver number one for so many years, and now he comes here, and he's not even wide receiver number two anymore. Yeah, uh, again, you know, that's that's tough. It's tough. Look, I was there, you know, when your play starts to decline late in your career, you start to see, you know, you're losing a little bit of playing time, but you you still feel like you're the man. You still feel like you can do the things you did early in your career. Um, you know, but for him, um, he he's shown up. He showed up this week, made a couple of huge plays that were a big factor in this game. Um, for him to stay involved, stay invested, act like a true pro, go out there, continue to practice, keep his head down, um, stay very businesslike, and and when the team needed him the most, he stepped up. And it, you know, again. You know, it wasn't a game where he lit up the stat column. It wasn't a game where he was featured or targeted. But when his number was called, um, he did what you know a, a true team player does. He made the plays that came to him. Well, there was Rondell Moore, DeAndre Hopkins, or AJ Green. Colt McCoy certainly had his options as far as where to throw the football. Here's McCoy post game on the number of playmakers stepping up against the Rams. Rondell, Hop, AJ. James, they just they made a bunch of plays when Zach went down. Trey did a nice job stepping up and playing. So I'm I'm just thankful to be the guy calling the signals out there. And those guys made plays, and that's why we won the game. Heard a lot of Colt McCoy deferring credit to what happened on Sunday, as any good quarterback does. But we also saw something that I don't know drew a lot of people anticipated seeing, and that was 11 straight pass attempts to begin the game, especially when you had four backups on that offensive line and Aaron Donald on the other side. Yet that was the game plan, and it seemed to work because Donald got tired. The yeah. entire defensive line got tired. Exactly. I mean, when you have a quick pass game or a screen game, that can become an extension of your run game. And when you look at the stat column, you say, man, they didn't run the ball that well. Well, yeah, when we were in Detroit, right, we didn't have a great run game. So our quick pass game became a part of our run game. That's what kept us on schedule, being able to be in a second down and manageable, a third down and manageable. When you do that and you play off coverage as much as they do and you change coverage up and you do all of these things, if you're decisive with the football, if you're feeding good if you get the ball out on time and you go through it and you're very good then you're going to put yourself ahead of the chains and ahead of the sticks that's what this team did that's what the, this team did because the quarterback was confident in what he was seeing and it wasn't you know sometimes you see like a quick out you see a hitch you see even on the fourth down Colt got rid of that ball before AJ even turned around and put it in only one place where AJ could and did a tremendous job the anticipation that goes with that the understanding of that so again not surprised at all, and when you don't know what you're going to get with a backup quarterback and say, okay, well, you know, maybe the, the thought process is to run at Aaron Donald and get entitled, tired. When you have 11 straight passes to start a game and you flip the script like that and put everybody on their toes or on their heels, however you want to phrase it, they don't know what to expect because do you rush? Do you come? Okay, well, eventually they're going to have to run the football. They're going to have to run the football. 
and then 11 times in a row you pass the football, you kind of set this, okay, well, we're going to you know, deviate from what we think everybody else is going to do, and you're going to have to play honest. And we saw that again. The, the, the ebbs and flows of that game is the, the ups and downs because they knew offensively what the Rams were going to present. They couldn't establish the run. They couldn't establish the pass. Where are they going to go? You just... Even though the score was what the score was, it never felt like the Cardinals were ever in jeopardy of losing this game, which is a far cry from where it's been. Overall, it was a 14-play opening drive. Again, 11 straight pass attempts. Colt McCoy, post-game, asked about that's how the game began. We understand that they have the best pass rush in the game, right? Best player in the game. And I just wanted to run some quick game, maybe stretch them side to side, get them a little tired. And eventually we did that, and our run game started, you know, we started hitting a few holes, and James did a nice job, and that was the plan. You know, Cliff told me we might throw it 50 times. I don't think we got there, Um, but we were just efficient. We had a couple, you know, I hate the three and outs. We had some in the first half. We didn't come out on fire in the second half, but our defense kept us in it, and uh, glad to come out on top. 27 pass attempts from Colt McCoy in the first half, only 10 in the second half, but you're playing with the lead, and then all of a sudden, as Colt referenced, you can lean on a James Conner and get that ground game going. Right. You, you know, when it's two teams that come into a game just decimated with injuries, um, and I talked about this pregame, it, you know, I believe in an NFL game, uh, coaches come up with a game plan, plan but the players, um, they're the ones that win or lose the games on Sundays. Um, this one is is a tremendous feather in Cliff Kingsbury's hat. I feel like he came out with a great game plan, um, got the players prepared to execute. Um, you know, look, if this is a game of chess, um, the Rams, you know, they've got three queens. They, they've got Aaron Donald, they've got Cooper Cup, and they've got Jalen Ramsey. And all three of them probably had their worst games of the season. I mean, statistically, Cooper Cup had his worst half prior to his injury that he had his entire career. Um, and, and again, a lot like the first time we played the Rams last year, the game plan was find a way to wear out Aaron Donald. Last year, we ran right at him and tried to wear him out this w- that way. This this game, you know, coming out with those eleven passes, getting him running sideline to sideline, really not making him a non-factor early in this game, um, took him out of the game entirely uh, on Sunday. So it was a tremendous game plan and, and great execution by the players on the field. Donald only one quarterback sack, and Jalen Ramsey eight of the ten catches that DeHop had came with Ramsey in coverage. So great offensive performance. Going back to the ground game though, James Conner again, season eyes in rushing attempts, rushing yards and rushing touchdowns. First time though that Conner has really been healthy all season. Here's the head coach. We wanted to let him go. Um, he's been banged up throughout the first part of the year, and this is the first week he felt really healthy and that we felt he could take on a full load. And, uh, you know, we told him, hey, you're only coming out when you tell us you need to come out, and he never does. So he gets better as the game goes on, and he hits a downhill, and we knew we'd need that this week. Connor played a season high 65 of the 68 offensive snaps. Now the trickle down means that Eno Benjamin didn't see the field much. Only one offensive snap. And he was released on Monday. According to reports, it was because of his displeasure, if you will, with playing time. But when you have a number one running back who is finally healthy and you signed a three-year contract in the offseason, you're going to give him the football based off what he did a year ago. Yeah, and and he's earned that, right? Uh, uh, That's the unfortunate part about this business is Eno was the bell cow for a while. He was doing it, and he did a really good job. 
in saying that, you also have to accept your role of when the starter comes back, the th- you know the three-year contract that you're talking about. And James Conner was playing as good as any running back in the league last year. And when he's healthy, he's capable of doing that. And not only that, I also contend to what he brings to the demeanor when he steps foot on that field. Now, EJ, or uh, Eno, plays very hard. He does all these things. He is a very good back. But the coaches make the decisions. And if you don't like it, this is unfortunately what's going to happen. It sends a message that Cliff Kingsbury and Steve Keim are going to operate a certain way, and the players have to buy into what's going on and what your role is on that given week. And it stinks because I'm sure nobody saw this coming, and I would also contend that you know this is not something that James Conner sitting there saying, I want to have happen. But James Conner is capable of playing 65 snaps. James Conner should be out there playing 65 snaps. Overall, the Cardinals ran 26 times for 78 yards. The per carry average is not great, but when they needed a first down on third and shorts or near the goal line, James Conner was able to either convert or score. And again, we'll get more information on the Eno Benjamin story, I'm sure, when head coach Cliff Kingsbury next addresses the media. Episode 50 of the Day Pash podcast featuring Cardinals radio analyst Ron Wolfley will premiere this week. To catch up on past episodes, follow the Day Pash podcast via your preferred podcast provider. Get the latest updates via Twitter at PashPod. Congrats to Dave on 50 episodes of the Day Pash podcast, and I'm sure it was a tough get to get one Ron Wolfley. Apparently, Drew and Kyle were busy. We've hit halftime here on the Cardinals Red Sea Report, presented by SeatGeek, your ticket to great seats. This is the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. Wolford back to throw again. Looking deep, airing it out, middle of the field, and it's intercepted. Somehow picked off at the 30 by Buda. Running back the other way, 40, 50, 40. Baker, 30, cuts right and tackled to the 25. This guy shouldn't even be playing. What heart, what bricks. Buda Baker showing leadership this week despite a bad wheel. He's even hobbling now after he picks it off. This guy's unbelievable. Incredible play by Buda Baker right there. Isaiah Simmons as well. Isaiah Simmons, Johnny on the spot, batting the pig into the air, and then there was Buda Baker. Like we've seen him so many times before. What a football player. Remember on Monday, head coach Cliff Kingsbury had ruled out Buda Baker. That there was, he was told, a 0% chance that Baker would be even available to play. And then what happens? Friday, he's on the practice field, limited. And then on Sunday, he's active, and not only active, but played 80% of the defensive snaps, including that interception. Yes, Ron Wolfley, a great play by Isaiah Simmons to get the hand in there to knock the ball, and Buda on the deflection. Cannot say enough good things about Buda Baker here in his sixth sixth season, Kyle, because if you want to say the quarterback in Kyler Murray is the face of the franchise, there is no one with a bigger heart, passion for the game, the heart and soul, if you will, of this team than Buda Baker. Yeah, there's no question. He is the heartbeat of this team. Again, you look at Hard Knocks last week, and you know we had seen it leading up to that first episode, but his his passion in the post-game speech, and I, I think it was the Eagles game, if I'm not mistaken, where yep. it, um, he just talked about how much it hurt and and how this has to stop. And you could, you could not only hear the passion in his voice, but you could feel it. And it, it's kind of like 
Um, it, you know, when, when you hear these guys and, and they have a win one for the Gipper, there is players like that, players that you want to play hard for because you don't want to let them down. And they earn that title. They earn that position on the team through their effort and practice, through their preparation, through the way they play in games. I mean, you, uh, again, looking at that linebackers meeting, um, when they were challenged to play as hard as Buda Baker, um, he just lifts the level of play uh, for everybody on that team, not just with his words, because if you ju- if it's just words, it's empty. But it's by the way he plays and and his leadership. Um, and then again, as an expert on injuries, because I've had all of them probably twice. Uh, to come out and play one week later on a high ankle sprain is almost unheard of. And uh, between the snaps, between the whistles, you could hardly tell. Uh, And that is his mental toughness, him willing himself to be out there because he does not want to let this team down. He wants to show how important it is for him to be out there to help this team win games. And and to our point earlier about that sequence when Colt McCoy threw that pass to Rondell Moore being the biggest play of the game, the game, the play that sealed it was his interception. Uh, the Rams are down two scores, had the ball, had the ability to make it a one-score game. He gets that interception, runs it back, gets it into field goal range, and from that point, it becomes a three-possession game. So how was Buda able to play on Sunday? Let's hear from number three, post-game with Danny Sarek. For me, I think of every game as a playoff game. So they told me it was a three- to four-week process, but... The way I worked, the way I did my treatment all week, the way, you know, the Arizona Cardinals treatment staff did, I was able to play today. And, uh, you know, not 100, but did good enough when we got the W. It is hard to keep Buda Baker off the field, Drew, yet so there is a somewhat of a surprise, the fact that he played. But when I saw him on the practice field on Friday, I knew right away, well, he's going to play. I don't know how much he'll play, but he's going to play. And it's cliche, but a player of Buddha's stature at less than 100% is better than most guys at 100% at his position. Yeah, well, it's lucky that it was Adam Schefter that reported that he's not a doctor. Was it one of those guys? It was Ian Rappaport. Ian Rappaport, right. Two to three weeks. You just don't place limitations on guys like that. The guys that, that have a desire, that have a mindset, and our minds are so powerful that they can push us to, to different places, especially superstars like that. But also, to your point, right, an 80% Buda Baker is better than the vast majority of guys that are out there. On top of what Kyle was talking about, right, any guy that you play with, that you'd be like, man, he's out here playing right now, and you're looking around saying, I feel great and I can go out and play versus this guy that shouldn't even probably be out on this practice field right now. I can't let him down because of what he's putting on the line for me. Like he said, that playoff mentality, if everybody on this team took that approach to it, man, they'd be in a, in a fantastic place. And that's one of those things is you've got to pull guys along with you. And there's so many different ways to be a leader. You can do it vocally. You can lead by example. But when you are playing through injuries, and especially when they put a tag on you and say it's going to be X number of days or weeks or anything like that, and you go out there and you say, I'm not going to allow this to limit me today, then you see what it can manifest itself on Sunday. And again, a great play call right there that allowed him to get a pick, right? A confusing coverage, a two-man type of look to the boundary there where uh, Isaiah Simmons is in a perfect position and gets tipped. Buddha's playing more of a quarters to this, the field, and he is in a perfect position where he doesn't have to run a lot. He doesn't have to get over the top, and he is in perfect position understanding the framework of what the offense is trying to do. And having his mind on the field is, is equally valuable as having his physical attributes. No question, a spark provided by Buda Baker. Here's head coach Cliff Kingsbury. 
when guys realize, hey, Buddha's going to push through and play, when they told us at the beginning of the week he'd be out two to three weeks, no chance, yeah, that, it's hard not to be inspired, and guys want to play hard for him and, and make sure that he's, he's protected out there and um, that they play at a high level with him. So that, that meant a lot to our team. The Baker interception, one of two takeaways in the game, one of, and also three sacks in that game. Just an overall great defensive performance by the Cardinals in that 27-17 win over the Rams. Cooper Cup held to a career-low minus one receiving yard. That was late in the fourth quarter when he got hurt and now suffered a high ankle sprain of of his own. And now reports, or not reports, but Sean McVay announcing on Tuesday that Cooper Cup is undergoing surgery and is going to be placed on IR. But just a great defensive effort by the entire Cardinals team. Here's Buda Baker on what they did against the Rams. We always talk about winning on first down. You know, winning on first down, getting them to a second and seven plus situation. And nine times out of ten, they're going to throw the ball from there. So winning first down, getting to third down, and uh, once they get in the paint, Try to give them only three, not a touchdown. So uh, we did we did a good job. That interception led to a field goal, but prior to that in the first half, Kyle, it was the strip sack. Should have been a scoop and score by J.J. Watt, but the whistle blown dead. My J. Sanders, the strip sack, he filled the stat sheet. And yes, it was his best game of his early career. But my J. Sanders is coming around here midway through this season. Yeah, it was, it was tremendous. You know, a guy like him, you think he's strictly a speed edge rusher, but he bull rushed the offensive tackle, um, got off of the block, and, and made a tremendous play. Anytime um, a pass rusher separates the ball from the quarterback, good things happen. And, and it became a huge play in the game. Um, again, not a big momentum shift because I feel like the Cardinals had the momentum for the majority of that game but uh, a big opportunity the Cardinals get a touchdown off of that turnover anyways even though they blew it dead Um, and and you know to me just his total game was light years ahead of where he was at the beginning of the season he made a tackle on a screenplay where he followed the offensive lineman to the receiver I mean that that's the type of thing that you just react to uh, with experience Um, he also tipped the ball he had a tackle for a loss I mean he he did he didn't just show up on one play it wasn't a flash in the pan of, of a young player using his athletic ability to make one play he was a factor in that entire game and I think based upon his performance and based upon his production you're going to continue to see him get more and more playing time because he was a huge factor in this game. Sanders played a season best 35 percent of the defensive snaps finished with five tackles his second career sack first career force fumble a tackle for loss and a pass defense here's his head coach Cliff Kingsbury. You know we've been on him about just being um you know, at your best every day and being a pro and you've got Hall of Famers around you that you can watch and learn how to do it. And he's taking that to heart. And his, his, even his scout team reps, he goes full throttle and it's helped. And uh, I think he'll keep coming on. Also need to mention Antonio Hamilton, a career-high 11 tackles, two passes defense, and we kind of forget, Drew, but Byron Murphy did not play in that game, and he's been that shutdown corner, limiting opposing number one wide receivers, but it was a collective effort from Hamilton, Marco Williams, Marco Wilson, and also Trayvon Mullen as well. Yeah, well, I mean, I think early in the game there was a huge third down where he got in and knocked the ball out for Cooper Cup to be able to be in that position to make those open field tackles. And it's not like they were assists. These were solo tackles he was making. That's a guy that's hungry out there that is feeding off the energy. And again, a tremendous step in the right direction for the secondary. Of those 11 tackles for Antonio Hamilton, there were seven that were solo tackles. Cardinals again beat the Rams 27-17, improved to 4-6. and six. 
and now set their sights on the San Francisco 49ers. We will discuss the Monday night football matchup from Mexico City to close out week 11 when we come back here. It is the Cardinals Red Sea Report presented by Siki. Your ticket to great seats. Craig Rayola, Drew Stanton, and Kyle Vandenbosch here on the Arizona Cardinals Radio Network. McCoy, flanked to his left by Connor, who now motions out wide to the right, snap to McCoy, looking left, it's a fade left corner of the end zone, A.J. Green with a great grab, touchdown! The A.J. Green of old is back, he's made two incredible grabs, Colt McCoy meanwhile continues to deliver, this offense looks entirely different right now. It all starts with protection for Colt McCoy. Up front, a great pocket. And on the fade, it's A.J. Green, the scarecrow on a stick, baby. Green played 30 offensive snaps the week before, one offensive snap, and he did not play at all Thursday night against the New Orleans Saints. A.J. Green telling reporters post-game, quote, we all have that tough conversation sometimes. I just want you to be honest with me, and that's what they did. They have been very honest with me through this whole process, end quote, talking about his role with the team, how much we see of A.J. Green this week, how much do we see of Robbie Anderson this week. Still to be determined as the Cardinals play the 49ers in Mexico City. Monday night football, 6.15 is the kickoff. 2.30 pregame coverage begins on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. It is a must-win for the Arizona Cardinals once again. 49ers come in 5-4, and 3-0 and in the NFC West. But both teams are dealing with the higher elevation and playing in another country. Both teams are looking forward to it, yet there is that unknown factor when you are playing out of the country and then two at 7,300 feet. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what to expect. It's like going and you know playing in London or Germany or anything like that. The fans could be cheering. And the atmosphere and feel of the game is going to be drastically different than both these teams played in last Sunday. Uh, the preparation is extremely important of what you're trying to do and being able to do all that. And, and, and I think, again, it's going to be the game within the game. There's some unknowns on as far as the Arizona Cardinals are concerned, who's going to be back, who's going to be playing, who's going to be involved with the game plan. All of these things... Uh, but it's vital because it's a division opponent. You have to find a way to win a football game. And look, Colt, if he is a starter, he's played against these guys before. He understands that. He understands what needs to be done. This is a ball control offense of what San Francisco is going to try to do, of not beat themselves. The turnover margin is going to be big. Situational football and third down, red zone, all of these things are going to matter and play into that because you know the San Francisco 49ers are salty on defense. So this is going to be a tremendous matchup. Do we get Byron Murphy back? This is a lot of intrigue for a Monday night international game, and it's going to be fun to be a part of. DJ Humphreys also keeping an eye on his status for this week. Both Humphreys and Murphy dealing with back injuries. Is Matt Prater kicking in the higher elevation on Monday night football? And Drew just touched on it, Kyle. You're going up against the number one defense in the league. Number one against the run, number eight against the pass. They are allowing just 18 points a game. The 49ers. Still some question marks maybe on offense, but no question that their defense is rock solid. Yeah, there is no question. Um, You know, anytime you're going up against the Niners, you've got to figure out a way to block their front four. 
Um, you know, they've they've got 29 sacks on the season. Uh, nine and a half of those are Nick Bosa. I mean, he he's putting together another really good season. Um, let's hope DJ Humphreys is back, so at least we have our two offensive tackles um, to to try to block Nick Bosa. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's uh, they've really been getting after it on defense. It's it's how they're built. They let their front four go, be disruptive, get in the backfield, get sacks, get tackles for a loss, and then and then. Um, you know, adjust the coverage behind him and make plays when when the quarterback makes bad decisions because he's under pressure. So um, there, there will be a challenge this week. Um, but again, um, with the way our offense played this week, if they can be efficient, not make mistakes, they have a real opportunity to to keep this thing rolling. 49ers might also welcome back defensive lineman Eric Armstead, who's been out since week four with a foot and ankle injury. On the flip side, you look at this 49ers offense, Jimmy Garoppolo, Trey Lance, done for the season and we've seen over the last several weeks drew it's been brandon Ayuk who's really stepped up and been that favorite target of garoppolo yeah well you got to be able to have a go-to wide receiver that's why they drafted him as high as they did debo samuel does a lot of different things but he's more of a gadget guy right he's a running back and a wide receiver he does things they're finding ways to get all of that talent on the field together and it really keeps you off balance right when you have a deep threat for not only the deep threat but also an intermediate passing game that's where you're seeing brandon Ayuk show up more and more of being that go-to wide receiver and then you have George Kittle, you have Debo Samuel, you have Christian McCaffrey and you even see Elijah Mitchell start to get mixed into that run game more. They want to be able to run the football though. This is not an offense that's predicated on a drop back pass game and if you can make them one dimensional, if you shut down that run and you've got to find different ways to do it. I get it. Uh, Christian McCaffrey is very hard on who you're going to put in him but you drafted Isaiah Simmons for guys like this. Well, Cardinal did a very good job against McCaffrey back in week four when he was with the Carolina Panthers. Held him just to 27 rushing yards, which is still a season low for McCaffrey. He's played in three games for the 49ers, averaging 4.3 yards a carry with two touchdowns. Also can catch the ball out of the backfield and throw the ball when needed. Cardinals and 49ers coming up on Monday night. 6.15 is the kickoff. 2.30 pregame coverage begins here on the Arizona Cardinals radio network. And then quick turnaround gentlemen next tuesday we'll talk about it here on the cardinals red sea report special thanks behind the scenes to jim omohundro and zach larson for drew stanton and kyle vandenbosch i'm craig Riolu. we'll talk to you in one week's time here on the arizona cardinals radio network You've been listening to the Cardinals Red Sea Report. 15-10-5, touchdown, Zach Ertz. Buda Baker with the sack, stripped the ball. Murray's going to score, touchdown. Oh, baby. The Cardinals Red Sea Report is brought to you by the Arizona Cardinals mobile app. Visit azcardinals.com slash app. Touchdown, Cardinals win. This has been an exclusive presentation of the Arizona Cardinals football club. Oh.